Greetings and welcome to Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I have the beat. <laughs> well, you would, but your lips are sealed. Uh, that's and, right, that is and I'm on vacation. There you go. Yeah, let's let's. These things are always funnier in threes. It's, it's a proven <laughs> proven fact. Boy, if that doesn't clue you in to which band we're covering on this episode of Soundography, I don't know what will. That seems like the uh, three of the biggest hits by this band. Probably Head Over Heels being another one. We're talking about the Go Go's. I feel like we're I feel like we're kind of done already. Want to just call it good? <laughs> we've just yeah, really, we've named them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean this is this is one of the two. Arguably the two biggest all-female bands of the 80s. I think the Bengals being the other one. I can't think of... I mean, you know, you get into the 90s, you start getting in Vogue and TLC and stuff like that. But, but as far as rock bands go, there's there's yeah. there's like... There's the Runaways. There's yeah. the Bengals. There's the Go-Go's. Uh, right. Maybe then, Vixen. Maybe Vixen, if you want to count them. But Oh, sure. Forgot about them. But then, and Runaways, I'd say, squarely in the 70s. Yeah. And then all the other girl groups like... The Shangri-Las and the Crystals and the Chantels and stuff, all, you know, those are all 60s. Yeah. So, But if I were going to make a big four of girls rock groups, I think I just named yeah. them. Really? You put the Runaways and Vixen that high? Well, I can't think of too many others that had hits. I would say TLC. But they're not a band. They're a vocal group. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Because none of them play any instruments. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go-Go's, Bangles. Hold on, we got some. Uh, let's let's do a little something here. Let's see. I mean, I guess okay. Well, the Runaways, the Runaways may not have had a bunch of hits, right? They had Cherry Bomb, maybe Queens of Noise, but they were hugely influential, and I think that carries some weight yeah. too. So it's not just about the hits, but it is about the the stuff behind it. It feels like we're forgetting somebody just super obvious. I don't know if I'd say Vixen is the fourth though. If you um, can come up with a different one. I know I'm working. I'm thinking. Uh, and the only reason I say them is because in an age of testosterone and machismo and hedonism, yeah. they were there carrying the torch yeah. and fitting in. And and that's a far more male dominated field, heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. Then I think rock and roll is, you know, you'll get your female fronted uh -huh. stuff. Yep. Your, and even when they're the primary singers where you have like, uh, even like modern time with Evanescence and, and Unsaid Fate and, you know, then yeah. they have these female fronted bands, but full where on. Where would you put the Donnas in there? Oh yeah. Cause they were, they felt like the, the indie version of that. Yeah. You know? I, I might put them ahead of Vixen, but. Just because mm -hmm. of where Vixen landed in the zeitgeist of 80s hair metal and all that that was going on, and they held mm -hmm. their own. That's the only reason I kind of put them there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at lists here, and you've got like the the Be Good Tanyas, the Bell Stars. Bell Stars, I think, was all vocals, too. I don't think they... Well, you know, in their videos, they played instruments. They played... Yeah, so, uh, so did the Monkees, but... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But point <laughs> certainly point taken on that one. Yeah. You know what? You might. You might. Uh, you might have me. I. I don't know if I can come up with a better example. Well, if listeners have better examples, tweet them at us yeah. or email us because this is a conversation that I think is uh, it's worth having. It is the uh, the aces are certainly one of my new favorites in that in in the all female uh, band genre, but they're. They don't have anywhere near the popularity, I think, that that Vixen or, oh my God, the Donnas uh, had. So mm -hmm. to even bring, oh, Heim. Heim is a good one. 
Yeah, Heim's good. Newer, but yeah. they're and you know they're newer, but they're they're um, the Surfer Jets getting getting there. Oh yes, nice callback to our Surf Rock, the Indigo Girls. Yeah, you could say maybe it's really just a duo. It's not like they were a uh, you know band of five people. L Seven is a good one. Yeah, it is surprising how how hard it is to come up with with bands like this that where they weren't just a vocal group. Yeah. And you know what the Especially world... Especially when you look at the 90s. Yeah. yeah. What the world needs is an all-female prog band. <laughs> yeah. There's, eight, oh, my God. There's a joke in here somewhere eight, about... Eight-string um, guitars, six-string basses, drum sets with three bass drums, two snare sets, uh, right, keyboard player right. with the cape. There, there's, a, there's a need for a female prog like basically band. Basically, Queen Crimson is what you're describing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, the the best joke I could come up with is they they'd all make other plans while the rest of them are at practice. Because <laughs> you know that's what I assume with a prog band is. Oh yeah, you go in your prog band. I'm gonna go make some other plans. Yeah. for that for that time. Well, it's funny. Um, I saw Dream Theater this weekend. It in I saw concert that on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, during the instrumental breaks, the lead singer actually would just leave the stage. He just walk <laughs> well, off. He had, he had fifteen he had twenty minutes good, to kill. Yeah, fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah to, <laughs> He's going to go work on his high score on the centipede in yeah. the back room or something. Well, so it was funny because they ended the they ended the first set and the lights go off and the crowd screaming. And my brother-in-law, who went with me, leans over and says, do they do encores? And I said, yeah, they usually do like a medley of three or four of their biggest hits. And it's, you know, and they're, and they're out. Yeah. And they come back out and they start playing the song. And I recognized it and I pulled up on my phone and showed my brother-in-law that the song they started clocks in at just under 20 minutes. Oh my god! And he's like, "Holy cow, that's a whole extra bonus concert." It really is. He's like, "The yeah. opening I mean, act didn't play that long." The uh, it takes less time to get out of the parking lot at the end of the uh, <laughs> at the end of the show. But, all right, let's get back yeah. to the Go Go's. Okay, here. all right, here we go. Who are the Go Go's, Hammond? Well, they're a uh, new wave pop rock group formed in California in 1978. The lineup has been pretty stable throughout the history. Uh, Charlotte Caffey. Belinda Carlisle, Gina Schock on drums, Kathy Valentine on bass, and Jane Wheatland. Uh, when they first formed, Margot Olivaria and Alyssa Bello were on bass and drums with Belinda and Jane. They were initially part of the LA punk community and they shared rehearsal space with the Motels, Martha Davis's band that took the L out of Lover and found that it left over. <laughs> 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 when the, like that. I'm just, I, I just, it's funny how conversational lyrics just fall out of your mouth yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I try to. When the lineup stabilized, they moved into a more pop sound. In 1979, they recorded a five song demo and supported the band Madness and the specials in LA and England. They released a demo version of We Got the Beat, and it was a bit of a hit in the UK. Now, there's a little bit of a connection there. So Madness, obviously, you know, and, and the specials, kind of ska and bordering into the reggae, but very, very much ska. The specials was led by or co-led by a guy named Terry Hall, who was good friends slash dating off and on Jane Weedlin, which is what helped that relationship. And the two of them wrote the song Our Lips Are Sealed. Terry Hall released a version with Funboy 3, which was his band after the specials, at the same time that Jane released her version with the Go-Go's. So it's, you know, it's all a matter of opinion on which version is the original, which version is the cover, but I'll get you the uh, Funboy 3 version. You can insert a little bit of it here so you can hear 
how different that version is than the one that the Go-Go's released. Reminds me of the thing where Kevin Gilbert wrote a song and then had like four or five different people record versions of it for their own albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. We talked about that and you have it. I'm sure we did uh, about what, 135 episodes ago. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever, 25 episodes would be on the playlist before that. Right. And you got to listen to this is and special yeah, yeah, episodes yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, speaking of him, did you get his covers stuff he just released? Kevin Gilbert? Uh huh. He's dead. No, his, his he didn't estate. He just release anything. His Except release. Maybe some more gas. <laughs> his estate just released a covers album. Really? Yeah. I wonder if it's anything, if it's stuff that I don't, uh, is it stuff I don't already have? I don't know. I bought it. Uh, I love it. I figured you'd be already there. That's why I didn't mention it. Sooner. I know. Usually I get notifications from, uh, pop I'm on plus the mailing one. list. Yeah. Pop plus one. Pop plus one. Yeah. So I should have, I'll find it. Okay. I'll find it when we're done here. Yeah. It's good. You can tell me how good it is. Um, oh, is it this one right here? There it is with, uh, Salisbury Hill and, uh, it's the one. Oh, look at that. No, I didn't know. Oh, like, a Elton John medley, the Joker, Iggy pop. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I hear tw- I hear thirty five dollars being spent right now. Yeah, you hear hear uh, that sound of a cash register door opening and closing. That's what that is exactly. So in nineteen eighty two, the the two joined Margot Olivari and Lisabella. Well, Olivari sued the band for wrongful dismissal. That lawsuit was eventually settled in 1984. They were signed to IRS Records in 1981, and the next year saw them tour with the Police. And uh, so 1982, the police would be touring for... Synchronicity? Before that, I think. I want to say Synchronicity was 84, was it? What was the uh, Zenyatta Mandata, I think? That's it, yeah, that's it, that's it. Oh, no, that was 80. Maybe it was... Or the Ghost to the Machine was 81. So probably probably touring for that. Synchronicity was 83. So it's the Ghost to the Machine tour. Great combo, man. The police... And police just on their meteoric rise up, which... Could do nothing but help the Go-Go's. They were hanging onto a comet's tail at that point. Yeah, they were. 1981, uh, the Go-Go's released their first album, Beauty and the Beat. It was a surprise hit, set on the charts for six weeks. It went double platinum in the U.S. and platinum in Canada. In 2003, Rolling Stone placed it 413th on the 500 greatest albums of all time. Our Lips Are Sealed and a new version of We Got the Beat were hit singles. In 1982, they were nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys. Uh, Did not win. 1982 also saw the release of their second album, Vacation. It received mixed reviews and was seen as not as solid as the prior album. It did go gold, though, and the title track became a top 10 single.
They had a couple other singles released from this one, but uh, neither of them made the top 40. So my question on that, I, un- I, I understand that there could be photographic trickery happening on the cover, but in my yes. heart of hearts, I really want to know that all of them are actually being doing the stunt <laughs> on, skiing. On water skis, uh-huh. yeah. If you really want to see some trickery, watch the music video for Vacation. I bet you've seen it back in the day, but it's exactly what you'd expect. I mean, it's them in front of a green screen on water skis, basically <laughs> recreating the cover as a full-on music video. Frankie and a netting their way through skiing. Pretty much, yeah. The group went on hiatus after 1982 when Gina Shock needed heart surgery. She actually had a hole in her heart and um, got some shock treatment. In 1984, they released Talk Show. Boo. No, no, no chuckle on that. Come on. I, I, like, I, was uh, working, like I was working on a chuckle, but more than that, I was just All like, right. wow. Boo. <laughs> Come on, shock tree. No, I, I get on. it. I get it. And what's weird is that Extreme wrote a song about it like seven years she later. She named a band after it. I think that was her her band that released the song Shock Treatment was was called uh, Gina Shock Shock Treatment. Oh, wow. Uh, 1984, they released Talk Show. This was the huge album. Head Over Heels and Turn to You were both uh, top 40 hits. Surprisingly, it did not sell as well as Vacation and Beauty and the Beat. Personality conflicts, addiction, and other issues were causing issues in the group. And in May of 1985, the Go-Go's broke up. Now, that's the one thing I remember is all the stories about how they were just uh, drug-fueled, out of yeah. control, barely able to put on shows. Yeah. Their road stories are the stuff of legend. And uh, I know we're going to talk about that documentary, but that was so eye-opening about it, all the stuff that was going on in the background. Especially, I kind of, you know, dream jobs, if we were saying, all right, what, what would be your dream job, Brian? Um one of my dream jobs would have been to uh, be a roadie for the Go-Go's in their heyday. Because apparently what they used to haze their roadies by slipping Polaroids of their nether regions under the door and having the roadies match the photo to the Go-Go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there are some roadies out there with the... With a, a nice little collection that they they'll, they'll treasure forever. They broke up in 1985, but they got back together five years later. In 1990, they got back together to record a cover of Cool Jerk for a greatest hits collection. also performed a concert to support environmental protection. Four years after that, they got back together again to release a two-disc hits album called Return to the Valley of the Go-Go's. Hits, some B-sides, some live tracks, and... Um, and, and three I'm new sorry. songs. And three new songs. And three brand new songs, one of which was uh, was The Whole World Lost Its Head, uh, which peaked at number 21, and is actually a really, really good song. Coincidentally, let's say coincidentally, the whole world lost its head, not to be confused with tear off your own head, which is what the Bengals recorded when they reunited. 
Oh. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Something about being headless, I guess. Uh, that one, by the way, the, the Bengals one was co-written with uh, Elvis Costello. Uh, the, but the whole world lost its head. Just the Go-Go's. It's all the Go-Go's. Right after that, Gina Shock sued the band because of not being paid properly since 1986. Uh, this did get resolved by 1999 when they went on a short tour together. And I'm trying to remember, I've seen the band twice, both times within the same five-mile radius in Las Vegas, once in the Luxor's concert venue and then once on Mandalay Beach, which is the concert venue they turned the pool into at Mandalay Bay. Yeah, I saw Blue Strowler there back in 2001. What a, what a great place to see a show. I mean, the, the acoustics aren't great, but man, the visuals, like just so damn cool to be able to look around and see see everything around. I, I just know. remember Chan complaining about getting electrocuted when he was touching his guitar because the water mist getting on him. Yeah, well, not a surprise there. I mean, you can, you know, the audience can even stand in the water yeah. and watch the concert. Yep. It's kind of cool. Get a little wrinkly, uh, <laughs> a little pruny <laughs> doing that. Brian Nibbett and the Prunes appearing at Mandalay Brian Bay. And the Prunes, exactly. In 2001, the band released God Bless the Go-Go's. They had toured with a classic lineup and released this new album. Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day wrote the one single, Unforgiven, which hit number 22 on the charts. really, really wanted to like this album, right? Because Talk Show was so... Talk Show was a defining album in my uh, teenage years because of just listening to that album over and over and over and loving every second of it. So I really wanted God Bless the Go-Go's to live up to that. And there was, it would be impossible for any band to live up to that. But This was my first listen through this album. Because I... Yeah? I, I, once I... Once that they'd broken up and kind of... I just kind of moved on. And by 2001, mm-hmm. I mean, I was was very much into my own new world, you know, as, a, yeah. as, a, as an yeah. adult, as a, as a whole bit. So this is my first listening to this. And you're not wrong. It is just yeah. kind of a uh, album. I think yeah. I might have picked one song from it, maybe. I was going to ask you if you picked anything for uh, for your playlist. So we'll we'll find I, out what I, that I, is. I don't, I don't know if I did or not. I can't remember. The Billboard liked it. The album reached number 57 on the top 200 album chart. Uh, after that, the Go-Go's appeared with Elton John, Billy Joel, David Crosby, and Paul Simon on an all-star tribute to Brian Wilson. wonder what they sang. be kind of cool to see that. In 2014, they were inducted into the Hollywood Bowl Hall of Fame. Uh, 2016, they announced one more farewell tour. So, yeah, I saw them in, I must have seen them in, no, it, it had to be uh, after 2001. Because I was doing Coverville when I saw them in concert at the Luxor. So it was probably like 2010, and then I saw them on their farewell tour in 2016. In 2018, Head Over Heels, a musical featuring the band's hits, as well as some of the solo hits from Belinda Carlisle, went, uh, uh, went, on, went out. And in 2020, a documentary premiered at Sundance. Uh, this is the one we talked about. I think it's just called The Go-Go's, and it was um, on Showtime for a while. I don't know if it's still there, but really, really great story about the band. In July 2020, a new song featured in the movie was released called Club Zero. This is their first brand new release in 19 years. It's a clarion call. 
And of course, 2021 last year saw them inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do we know who inducted them? I don't. While you look that up, though, I was thinking while we were doing the show that we kind of ignored the country music because we were talking about girl groups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there are a fair amount of those. So I just wanted to put the disclaimer out that I was specifically thinking about rock and roll and heavy metal. But if we open it up to country there, that does provide us more conversational space. For sure. A lot more, a lot more options uh, there for sure. Let's see. Inducted by, you think this article would have said who inducted them? My bet, Joan Jett and uh, Pat Benatar. Oh, either one of those would be great. I'll tell you this, Rock Hall, which is the official website of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has them under T for the (laughs) Go-Go's. Oh, here we go. Inducted by uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's a good, that's a, okay, understandable. Yeah, understandable. Not not condoned, but understandable. How's that for my opinion? I, I really like Joan Jett or Pat Benatar. Joan Jett is a great call. Hey, Hammond, tell me some statistics and general notes about the band. Uh, as we're going to find out later, because Brian picks from it, each of the members <laughs> went on to have various levels of success in solo careers. I mean, Jane Weedland went off and did a bunch of side project uh, stuff on her own, but she also That's like she also did collaborations with a bunch of people. Like we mentioned the Sparks before. We came, talked about her a little earlier in the show. So I mean, she's she's gone on to do a lot of crazy stuff and she cool also stuff. acted she yeah. was uh joan of arc in bill and ted's excellent adventure miss of arc and miss of arc and the um singing telegram in, in clue. clue yep yeah <laughs> and she was on that tv show the surreal life which we learned about her whole uh predilection oh is toward, she really yeah she was on an episode season of the surreal life and we taught learned about how she's into uh, uh you know more kinky things oh really yeah I like her more and more every, every, every <laughs> the more I hear about Jane Wheatland, the more and more I like her. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of solo stuff. Uh, some of it went way poppy and we all know, and others of it. Oh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Very Sorry, good. Go wow. You channeled your inner Johnson for that. Did it sound like, <laughs> did I really? Yeah. Okay, you good. really channeled your inner Johnson for that. Then you know, so that's really the only thing I know. They had crazy success in the mid to late 80s. Uh, I was living in Hawaii and they were everywhere. Like the music was being played no matter where you went. It was ambient music everywhere. Then they kind of, I think, kind of imploded. Yeah, which is too bad. Uh, definitely too bad. I mean, I think we're we're due for another reunion. And I think we're due for an album produced by Ben Folds. Oh my gosh. He could actually, he could actually do some yeah. really cool things with them. Yeah. Including right? bringing the Muppets. <laughs> okay. So wait, the Go-Go's and the Muppets? Uh-huh. Okay. It, it, worked right. for, it worked for Ozzy Osbourne. It can work for the Go-Go's. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. That's fine. Yeah. Don't you remember the video he did where the Muppets were in it with uh, Chris Hardwick? I totally remember. Yes, I totally remember that. Yeah. I'd forgotten about it, but you reminded me. Uh, all right. Let's say, like me, you see the band in concert. Um, never in your the state you actually live in, but always in another adjacent state. Or no, there I guess it's not an adjacent state. Anyway, uh, but let's see, see them in concert. Confusion, fatigue, um, intoxication, Colorado, Utah, yeah. Nevada, all states. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Don't we share a corner? Let me see. Four corners is Colorado, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Arizona. Yeah, never mind. Yep. Nope. Nothing. Nothing connected. <laughs> it just feels like, you know, once they get that, whatever, the, the, that tunnel that they're building in Vegas, the loop, Hyperloop, they just need to have an offshoot that comes to me. Like, all right, well, let's save Brian some money. Let's just extend the it'd be, Hyperloop. It'd be him. nice if the Hyperloop went to Salt Lake and, and Denver and LA. I mean, yeah. I think they could actually, yeah. they could actually make oh, that a, yeah. a huge thing, have it go to Salt Lake, LA and Denver. For sure. At least LA and, and Salt Lake. But yeah. of course, I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather it also include me. All right. Uh, let's say you see them in concert. What is the song that you're kind of guaranteed that you're going to hear them do? Okay. So it dawned on me while I was sitting at Dream Theater that yeah. their entire catalog might run less time than one album of Dream Theaters. <laughs> right. They're like four albums. Yeah. Which 10, um, 12 songs tops each album? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you've got the additional songs on God Bless the Go Go's. You've got an extra song here, an extra song there that they've recorded. But yeah, for the most part, uh, that's it. So our playlist is going to be like one fourth of their entire catalog. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> this is true. So, but as this far as their, as far as their stairway of a song, I'm thinking it's We Got the Beat. This sounds like it's another duh moment for me. It feels like it, right? Because like it would be We Got the Beat or Our Lips Are Sealed. It would definitely be something from Beauty and the Beat because uh-huh. those were those were the two breakout hits for them. Mm-hmm. I would almost say they're not going to do one and not do the other, right? Like yeah. there's never going to be a concert where they don't do both of those. Yeah. I have a feeling okay. that they're probably both tied for one. And if yeah. and if they're not, it's only because they played We Got the Beat on TV a couple of times more than they played Our Lips Are Sealed. Right, right. Okay, well, let's see what we got here. Uh, number one, Our Lips Are Sealed. Whoa. Uh, 175 performances, just two less than that. And I think you've nailed it on the head, right? That they, you know, all right, we're having the go-go's on for New Year's Rock and Eve. They get to do one song. They're going to do Our Lips Are Sealed. But if they can do two songs, it'll be We Got the Beat. We Got the Beat number two. Vacation, This Town, How Much More, Skid Marks on My Heart. Surprisingly, Cool Jerk, which even though they recorded it recently or more comparatively recently for uh, one of their reunion things, I'm pretty sure that that was a a live staple during their uh, 80s touring and um, all those sure. reunion shows and stuff, I'm sure they played it too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like uh, Walking in the Sand. I know they did that one uh, a ton um, as well. Skid marks on my heart, uh, or I said that tonight, Head Over Heels. Head Over Heels, surprisingly low on the list, but I think it's just because they haven't toured as much since talk show as they did before. Yeah. Also, not uh, the same as the one by or Tears for Fears. Not at all. Or, just throwing uh, that out there. Alanis Morris said his Head Over Feet, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, uh, and then Cool Places is their second most, after the after Cool Jerk, surprisingly, Cool Places is their biggest cover. So, eliminating Sparks out of the uh, equation completely and doing Jane Whelan and, and the Go-Go's doing Cool Places. Okay, I just thought of a great idea. A cover yeah. album where the bands who have songs with the same names, like mm-hmm. Head Over Heels, 
covers each other's stuff. Who would cover crazy and which version would it be? Oh, uh, so I think we'd have Gnarls Barkley and uh-huh. Seal. Okay. Oh, I like that covering each other's versions. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. All right. You're 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 in. We've done this. It's perfect. It needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need to have to compile the list and get a hold of everybody. Right. Exactly. That that just feels like is you know well done. <laughs> you, you came up with that really quickly. Yeah. So here, yeah, look at this. So uh, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they did. Vacation, our lips are sealed. We got the beat for the She Rocks Awards. They just did Club Zero, but it's going to be stuff like that where you know where they just have time for one song. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Today's show, New York, New York, September fifteenth. The Go Go's got to perform on the Today Show. They only had time to do We Got the Beat. There you go. That's what puts songs like that ahead of yep. the other. Uh, welcome to welcome to Jay Leno. Your report. Your our Saturday Night Live. I mean. At least SNL, you get to do two songs. Yeah, it's true. Well, let's talk about who we would like to see them cover. I'd like a reunion, and I'd like it to be, like I mentioned, uh, produced by Ben Folds. And I'd like them to cover Bye 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 by the, uh, I said Backstreet Boys. It's in sync. Why did I say the Backstreet Boys? I don't know. You, you almost, you almost caused yourself back. in trouble. Yeah. I almost did. Yeah, in sync's Bye Bye Bye. Let's get one of the preeminent girl groups of the 80s to cover one of the preeminent boy bands of the nineties. And I think bye, bye, bye more so than something like backstreets, backstreets back or one of those other ones. I feel like, I feel like bye, bye, bye is a great one for the go-go's to cover. It's funny. You picked a producer. I did too. Cause I actually think that Alan Parsons should produce their cover of eye in the sky. Oh yeah. I like that. And it could be a stripped down female voice, change the point of view. Cause right now it's very male-centric in its point of view of his, yep. as far as the lyrics. Change the point of view like Tori Amos was doing, then add electric guitars and this kind of punk girl rock feel to it, and then have Alan Parsons work all kinds of cool studio magic on it like he does with Pink Floyd and his own stuff. And, you know, he's done all kinds of legendary people. Oh, he worked with the Beatles. He was a tape guy for the Beatles. You're right, exactly. Yeah. So he's so been in cool studio for decades. He could do some really cool stuff with them too. I think so. And I think the... Uh, um, the, you can hear, uh, Belinda's vocals on it without even any, any work. Oh. You can hear what she would sound like. On and that. when they, and the, I can read your mind, they could harmonize that. And it, yep. uh, it, there's a, there's so much potential for awesomeness there. It's, it's right there. It's all you need. Everything we, we, we've like basically done all the work. All they need to do is record it. Thanks yeah. a lot. You're welcome. And, uh, we'll take our check. <laughs> ben Folds, Alan Parsons, you know where we are. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get to our playlist. This is where we each pick a few songs to add on to one of their greatest hits albums. They have a few greatest hits albums, but again, we're we're talking four albums of <laughs> of material. They have half as many albums as they do greatest hits. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, their their greatest hits collections are <laughs> the fact that they're they're our God bless the Go Go's is a double disc. I was going to say they have three discs of greatest hits to cover four discs of albums. I'm sorry, not God bless the Go-Go's, the return to the Valley of the Go-Go's. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's If it wasn't for the live tracks and B-sides they put on there, it would be two of their albums. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, all right, so I'll start with mine. Number one song on my list is my favorite Go-Go's song. This came from Talk Show, and this came from that album that, that I'd listened to over and over and over. It's called Beneath the Blue Sky. 
you know, kind of one of the unsung heroes of the band is Kathy Valentine, who's kind of my crush. Like, you know, Belinda Carlisle was cute and Jane Wheedlin was cute, but there was just something about Kathy Valentine that I just uh, crushed over as a kid. And even seeing them in concert a few years ago, crushed over her then too. But <laughs> she wrote that, Beneath the Blue Sky. And if you look at the lyrics, they feel like high school notebook lyrics, poetry that's been expanded upon and developed, which it probably, you could easily convince me that that is the case. But there's something even better to that. There's something even bigger and better to the song than just those those kind of high school-y kind of lyrics. And just recently, uh, Valentine re-recorded a version of it on one of her own solo albums. Her vocal work isn't as strong as her guitar playing. She's an incredible guitarist, incredible bassist. But on, on that song anyway, it doesn't have the vocal power that the Wheedlin and Belinda Carlisle fronted version did. But still, such a gorgeous song, such a well-written song. And as we record this, it is Valentine's Day. Oh, look at that. So happy Valentine's Day, Kathy Valentine. I should tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> then my wife will totally stop talking to me. Number two on my list is Big Rock Candy Mountain. You're looking at your Go-Go's. You're looking at the 45 songs that the Go-Go's released and saying, I don't see that one in this list. And I'm going to say, no, because it was a solo track from Jane Weedland. released it on her Tangled album. And this is a, a fun song. It sounds like it's a cover of that song that a drunk sings, sings about um, the place where whiskey flows and all that stuff, Big Rock Candy Mountain. And that is the name of the song. So here you go. There's another song for that album, Hammond, of uh, bands covering songs that uh, <laughs> have the same name as one of their hits. But what's cool about this one is it adds a special guest star, a favorite of mine, a guy named Nick Kershaw. Not just of yours. And I like Nick too. You do? Okay, good. And a favorite of ours then, Nick Kershaw joining Jane Wheedlin for a vocal duty on Big Rock Candy Mountain. You said duty. Duty. All right, next one is Tonight from the album Beauty and the Beat. is, sorry, those first tracks, those that first album, especially songs like This Town, which I would have included if it wasn't a hit of theirs. It's not a, as big a hit as Our Lips Are Sealed or We Got the Beat, but it is a hit. I really like the song This Town, and I feel like this one is in that same vein. It's a very good representation of what that band sounded like when they first came out. Before all the polish of Vacation and the super polish of Talk Show, you had stuff like This Town and Tonight. Very sparse, very punk rocky-ish. Felt like it was recorded on a four-track Tascam recorder with, you know, very, very, with all the levels going all the way across straight, like a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like every instrument was recorded with the same microphone at the same time, but it's really, really good. Fourth one, let's go another solo one. Listen, I talked about Heaven is a Place on Earth and I could mention 
Jeez, uh, what was her Mad About You? But the big song for me was Circle in the Sand by Belinda Carlisle. And this and one I liked. I really, really liked this one. I did one. too. And non ironically, yeah. like when I saw this on your list today, like, oh yeah, that's a really good one. Song. And it's got a very sinister, cool kind of feel to it that um, a lot of her other stuff didn't have. Like yeah. it was very poppy and very radio focused. And Circle in the Sand was kind of a, a separate, it was a hit still, but it wasn't the kind of hit that um, the other two songs were. It's just really, really good. This last one is a cover, surprise. It is a cover of the song Let's Get Together. Which everyone's saying, I don't know what that is, Brian. I've never heard it. And uh, now is the time I encourage you to go to YouTube and listen to the original. It's by Haley Mills, who was a um, Disney actress who I think was the parent trap was Haley Mills, if I remember correctly. I um, think so. I think so. Um, anyway, she recorded, and I think it was for The Parent Trap, she recorded this song called Let's Get Together as a duet with herself for the for the movie. Uh, listen to her version, and then listen to the Go-Go's cover, and just listen, be amazed at how much the Go-Go's improved upon and brought out so much more of that song than you got in the Haley Mills original. It's really, really good. And they record it for um, a compilation, tribute compilation called Disney Mania. Uh, it's called Let's Get Together. Cool. Those are my five. Hammond, what about yours? All right. So my first one is Skid Marks on My Heart. I really, really enjoyed the beat to this one. It feels like it was inspired by surf rock, which kind of was a theme throughout my list. But to really prove my point that it was surf rock inspired, the solo sounds like it was pulled directly from a Ventures album. <laughs> the big reverby guitar and lots of twang. So yeah, it was, it's, it's very cool. So as I started listening uh, and that's from Beauty and the Beat. So it's right, like one of the first ones I heard. So I'm like, okay, I know what I'm going to, I think I know what I'm zeroing in on. So my next one, Beat Nick Beach from Vacation. This is another surf rock tune, and I could totally see Frankie and that dancing to this on the beach. <laughs> Would you like these so much if we hadn't just done surf rock? <laughs> I, you know, I think I do because surf rock is always something I've enjoyed. Uh, yeah. So I would have picked up on these even if regardless, if, regardless of surf rock. But yeah. the fact it was so fresh in my mind, it all was just like, wow, we could have covered them as a surf rock band almost. Sure. 
Uh, I did pick one from the new album. It's La La Land uh, from God Bless. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so right. this is a relatively new song. It's opening track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively new song because it's, you know, 2001, their last album. But it shows their maturation as musicians and performers. And I do think it's the best song on the album. It's not as good as the others, but it's a good representation of where they were then. And that's kind of why I picked it, because it shows how much more they matured. Good choice. And then I picked Head Over Heels. Yeah, I know it's a hit, but uh, I forgot about this song until I'd heard it. And then I remembered how much I liked it. And I listened to it like three or four more times, shared it with my kids, <laughs> reminded Stacy about it. It kind of, I kind of yeah. got obnoxious about it because I'd totally forgotten about this one. Like when you think Go-Go's, I don't automatically think Head Over Heels. I think all the other ones, Vacation, sure. We Got the Beat, Lips Are Sealed. This one's sure. way down the list. And when, when I heard it, I'm like, oh, this one's really good. Best moment of the song for me is that when it strips down to just Gina Schacht and Kathy Valentine, just mm-hmm. the drums and that boom, 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 and like goes like that for a couple bars. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want a whole, I just, I want that as a repeating loop that I could just listen to for hours well, and hours. You do know people that. who could sample it and just give you that for you to rap over. I mean, I could sample it myself. Yeah. And, create a YouTube video of six hours of the drum and bass of uh, <laughs> the, Head Over Heels. The, the breakdown of Head Over Heels. <laughs> Easily could do that. All right. And my last one is Mercenary. And the reason I picked that is very strategically to back up my argument they could cover Eye of the Sky. Because there's moments in there musically that are kind of similar, like chord transitions and progressions that are similar to Eye in the Sky. And it really goes to show they know what they were doing. They knew what they were doing musically. And yeah, the poppy stuff's easy to play. But when they really wanted to get down and write a song, Mercenary is proof that they could actually write a song. Yeah. It's true. That, that's a song that feels like if their Billy Joe Armstrong collaboration hadn't come later, it would have been with Mercenary. Uh-huh. Very much so. In fact, it might have like Billy Joel. He might have heard that. He might have heard that and goes, oh, I could work with them. Maybe. Yeah, uh, certainly, certainly the case. So you're saying your season long joke about Eye in the Sky really was just a long con to get to this moment of proof that the Go-Go's <laughs> could do Eye in the Sky. Uh, well, no, because I'm not done with the season yet. What I'm proving <laughs> That's is... That's true. It's what, a half con. It's the half one yeah. con. <laughs> what I'm proving, though, is that anybody who is a performing, competent musician, if given the nuts and bolts, if given the nuts and bolts of yeah. what is the basis of Eye in the Sky, you could churn out 
a competent musical version in your style very easily and have it be something worth listening to with no sweat off your back whatsoever. Cause the songs guts are so strong. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> and it makes it completely makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's a, uh, you know, we've given people quite a bit there to work with as far as the, uh, their playlist. Oh, and, 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 ne- and next season I'll pick a different song to go all through season. <laughs> <laughs> Will you really? No, I won't. Cause okay. I in the sky really is the perfect song for this joke. It kind of is. Yeah, it really is because it does lend themselves to the sound of all of these other bands. Completely true. All right. Well, uh, next week we get to find out if you're going to go our way. We're going to be covering Lenny Kravitz, the father of Zoe Kravitz, husband of Lisa Bonet. Still, not anymore. Not anymore. I believe. I don't think so. Nope. They split up. Yeah. Okay. But still sharing parentitude of uh, Zoe. Yeah. And since <laughs> we mentioned Lisa Bonet, yeah. We should have to do the obligatory Scott Johnson reference to Angel Heart or not? No, we really won't. Okay, I, I swear to God, we won't. Because okay, there good. is, because that movie is too good to be boiled down to that one thing. <laughs> it's way it deserves way better than that one joke. Uh, so I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, between now and then, you can come up with your own angel heart jokes and email them to us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. Hey, we have an email. I want to read it. David Lepron, he's emailed us and he says, Hi, Brian and Hammond. Love the Surf Rock Depot episode. And I have a ton of new music to listen to. One band I wanted to recommend was Dai Kaiju. Dai Kaiju. Okay. Uh, great frenetic surf rock with some really good guitar work. I found them through a skate pod podcast around 2006 or so where they were used for the theme music. Only two albums, but totally worth it. Thanks for the great show, Dave. Cool. Yeah. This is one I'd never heard of. Um, I wonder if it's D Kaju, like, I mean, <laughs> D being German, I guess it's all one word, right? It's yeah. like the kaiju. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's something about giant monster then because it's kaiju. I think so because that's kaiju and their album covers seem to support that. They have a, oh my, yeah, they have an entire album called Cock Lobster. Nice. And I wish that was a cover of the B-52. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if nothing else, the band, the, the, the track titles on this look amazing. Escape from Nebula M Space Hunter. And Laser Runny, Laser Runner, Jellyfish Sunrise. These look great. Cool. Force Field Lifts Over Neon City. All right. I'm in. I'm totally in to kai, to Kaiju. All right. So email us like, uh, like Mr. LePron did and uh, soundographypodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at the soundography. Uh, soundography.com is our website. You can find all of our previous 135 plus episodes there. Uh, each one featuring show notes that give you a link to more music, to uh, show uh, to our Spotify playlists, and to ways to support the show. We love when you support the show, even if it's just a buck. Just a buck would be great. Go to patreon.com slash soundography to do that. Of course, another great way to let people know about the show is by leaving reviews where you get your podcasts. Uh, you can do that on iTunes, but you know, all of them. I don't need to tell you all the places. You look where you're getting your podcast. You see if there's a way to leave a review about it. And, uh, and I'll leave it at that. Hammond, any last things to say about the Go-Go's? No, I think the Go-Go's have gone, gone. Oh, and, and go our own way. Or go, <laughs> are we going to go, go our way? There's something there. Go, something we could there. go back to Fleetwood Mac and go our own way. This is true, yeah. 
Yep. All right. Well, Lenny Kravitz next, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. On behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brandon Bitt saying thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next time on Soundography. Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>